our great God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the Lord God Almighty, the Father of glory, the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, holy, righteous, perfect, slow to anger, abounding in love, gracious and compassionate, the God who forgives. Lord, we come to you continually pleading for your great mercy that you will amaze us today. May you cause our hearts to be in awe of you through your word. Lord, according to your great mercy and for the sake of your great name, may you do this, O oh Lord, not because we are righteous or good people, but because you are good and you do good. According to your faithfulness, O oh God, may you grant us hearts to see, eyes to see, hearts to understand, and ears to hear. Thank you, O oh God. I commit these people to you, Lord. This your people. O oh God, be merciful to them, and may you cause them to be in awe of you. For myself, O oh God, as you promise, I ask, Lord, that you will grant me the words to say according to your gracious promise. In all things, Father, not by my might, not by our power, but by the Holy Spirit, declares the Lord. In the power and authority of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> the verse, you know, someday we will be able to, at least for myself, I'd like to be able to memorize Romans chapter 8. I mean, it's staggering. Paul starts in verse 31. He says, What then shall we say to these things? Now, I don't know if we can really see the tone of Paul's voice here. He says, What shall we say then about these things? It seems to me, Paul is breathless in saying, what shall we say this, about these things? And then if you understand, before I read the, the passage after that, I'm going to open my Bible. Because when he says, what shall we say to these things? These things are the things that he already said. So, So if we see the verses here, it said, oh my goodness, that is staggering statement. That is a life-transforming, breathtaking, that Paul is breathless when he says, what shall we say about these things? Now, when he says these things, it's something to do with things that he already said previously. Now, as staggering as these statements are, listen to what he said. And remember, now, I know some of you memorize Romans 
chapter 8, verse 28. Oh, the Christians know that, right? How many of you memorize Romans 8, 28? No one? Come on, shout it out. Otherwise, I'm going to point fingers. Yes. And we know, we are confident that in all things, God works for good. For the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Now, is that staggering? That's a promise from God. I'm going to read it, actually. I don't think, I think I missed. Oh, where's my, where's my glasses? Sorry. No, when you're 65 years old. There you go. So he says, what then, what, what then shall we say about these things? So he goes back in verse 28 says, And we know that God causes, he said, God causes all things to work together for good. And no one can stop God from doing his will for you. He said, God causes all things, no exception. Now that's staggering. And he says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brother, brothers. And this whom he predestined, he also called, and those, this whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. And then he goes on. Oh my goodness. As if Paul is saying, those are staggering promises. So whatever it is, people of God, whatever it is that we are going through, God causes all things to work for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That's a staggering statement. One after another. And those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those whom he called, he conformed and he glorified. And then Paul says, those are staggering statements. But wait, there's another way of saying those staggering things. And he say, what shall we say to these things? If God is for you, who can be against you? Now, you know, as I know, that if we're going through adversities, it feels like God is against us, right? How many of you feel that God is against you or life is against you when we're going through adversities? So whatever it is, your sickness, God is not against you. You have family troubles, God is not against you. Now, you don't have to contend with me because those are not my words. It's God's word. Remember the, our sister who read the passage? He said, she said after, this is the word of the Lord. So you have to contend with God's truth. So I'm just a proclaimer. But I do believe it with all my heart. So Paul says, God is for us. So if God is for us, it's a real rhetorical question. If God is for us, what's the obvious answer? Who can be against us?
it's a fearful thing that if God would be against us, but God is not against us. You know why God is not against us? You know why? Well, he says in verse 32, that's the answer. How can God be against us? He, God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not graciously give us all things? Right? If God did not spare his own son, the son whom he loves, in whom he is well pleased, he gave him up, he did not spare him. Will he not graciously grant us things that we need in order to live this life? Will he not? So now, it's interesting that Paul puts it in a rhetorical question. He says, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. And then he posed a question, how will he not graciously give us all things? So in order for us to kind of better understand it, we can put in a statement. A statement is, since God did not spare his own son, he will certainly, definitely grant you all things for your good and for the glory of God. Since God, I'm going to say it again, since God, because remember, Christ already died, right? So since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, he will certainly, definitely give us all things for, that we need. Not all the things that we want, but things that we need in order for us to be conformed to the image of his son. That he will do, and no one can stop him. God is committed to your good, even though things seem to be going out of control. So when God allows you to have some family troubles or sickness, whatever it is, a broken appliances, a car being broken in the middle of the bridge, or an accident, or Whatever it is, and we will see later on, God will not spare anything and will not withhold anything for your good. He is committed. All of God's saving acts is for the good of his people and for the glory of his name. The rock-solid foundation of God's promise of all of God's promise is that God sacrificed of his own son in our place. So instead of us being condemned, instead of us being charged, God condemned the innocent. That is Jesus Christ. He condemned the only righteous person so that people who trust in Jesus will be declared not guilty. So he condemned Jesus Christ and declared the guilty, the righteous, through faith in Jesus. Since God already did that and did not spare his own son, do you think he will withhold anything that you need? In verse 37, he says, no, I'm going to just read. He said, 
That's what I'm talking about. Verse 34. Who is it to condemn Christ? Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Can you imagine the Son of God busy interceding for his people? Let's get, get this. There are times when I go through depression and I go through really things, like confusing things in my mind. And I, I don't know yet if I still have it together. When I'm going through doubts, when I'm kind of losing my faith and I become prayerless, when I have a hard time trusting God and I don't pray, when all the things of the world are so attractive rather than being attracted to Jesus, all these things seem so attractive. Jesus is interceding for me. So the reason, even though I fail sometimes, the reason I'm able to persevere is because Jesus, the Son of God, is interceding, praying for me. Can you imagine that? God is not against you or against me. Yes, yes, and yes. Paul says, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, these are the challenges, these are the adversities, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now you notice in the start of verse 35, I, I always thought, I didn't see it until... I've read it earlier this week or actually this morning. The way I understand verse 35, I thought the question started with, what shall, right? Because he says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then I said, wait a minute. It's not what shall. Because after the start of that who, he said the things. He said, shall tribulation, distress, so, it kind of makes sense that Paul should have said, What shall separate me from the, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or personal famine, nakedness, or danger? But instead, he started with, Who? Now, if Paul was saying, All these things, all these things cannot separate me, how come he didn't ask the question, What? He said, Who? Because he says this, who? Why do you use the word, the question who, instead of what? Because he identified, enumerated the things, right? Dangers, famine, death, all those things can, will never, can never separate us from the love of God that it is Christ. So why did he ask the question who, instead of what? Well, in order to understand that, we always go to the preceding verse. The reason why Paul says who is he already said, if God did not spare his own son, since God did not spare his son but gave him up for us all, he will certainly grant you all things that you need to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. And that is God's ultimate purpose for you and me. That's why we go through trials. That's why we go through sickness. That's why we go through adversities. That's why we go through this confusion. And all that, God 
causes them all to work for my good. For your good. Now, if I have a hard time believing that, even that God helps me to understand and God helps me to pray. When I'm failing, when I go through unbelief and when I go through doubts, Jesus is praying for me so that I will not permanently fail. Yes, I may fumble along and fail and become prayerless. And you notice, you probably have experienced this, there's that burden, there's that grace in your life that enables you to cry out, Oh God, Panginoon, tulungan mo po ako, hindi ko na kaya to. Oh God, please help me. I can't do this without you. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Oh God, in your great mercy, help me to trust you. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from God's answer because Jesus is interceding for you, praying for you. Because he loves you. He's not against you. When I feel like life is so set against me, all the obstacles, when I feel that I don't understand God and his purposes in my life, I know that Jesus is seated on the throne and praying for me. And then, because those who are led by the Spirit are children of God, He leads me to pray. He leads me to pray. I must pray. I must ask. Because if you trust Him, you will ask. If you believe Him, if you believe His promises, you will ask. If you don't believe Him, you will not ask. Kasi, bakit mo siya, hihingi ng tulong sa kanya, hindi ka naman nananalig sa kanya. Just, I couldn't attend the prayer meeting last night, so I called Aldous because I was counseling, we were counseling this couple. This couple, their baby was born prematurely and then the baby only lived for a few hours they already knew it was either they the baby i think they, either the baby if if they don't take the baby or i don't know if he was cesarean section or normal birth but they had to do something otherwise the mother will die so they had to choose so the baby that they've been praying for only had a few hours to live and God took her life. And you can tell that that happened three years ago and you can just imagine and understand the pain that this couple has gone through. And I know they are struggling in their faith. And this what, because I always believe what God promised don't worry about what you will say to people because at that very hour, when I put you in front of them, I will give you the words to say. Didn't Jesus say that? So the word that came out, well, there was a long thing that I said. I said, I will never deprive you of truth that will set you free. I said, I know you're having a hard time 
trusting God because of God taking your baby away. But even in your weakness, just ask God to help you trust Him. Do you think God will do that? Do you think God, God will help you to trust Him? If you are having a hard time believing him, I believe, so I ask. If you think because of what you're going through, God is against you, then ask God to embrace you, to strengthen you, to sustain you. Do you think God will do that? I believe so I ask. If you don't ask, that means hindi ka nagtitiwala sa Diyos. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. Whatever you ask, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in my name. Whose words is that? Jesus. Whatever you ask, that I will do. We're, we're kind of ahead there, but the rock solid foundation of this promise of all of God's promises is that of God's sacrifice for His own Son in our place. All things, all things. God said, God said in his word, all things, all things meaning all tribulation, all trials, all adversities, all sickness, all creation, all things work together. God causes them to work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And that statement is virtually the same as graciously he gives us all things for our good. That's a message of hope that we have in Christ and it's rooted, rooted, founded, solidly founded on the work of Christ on the cross. That's what it means if God, since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, he will certainly, definitely gives us all things for our good and for the glory of his name. That's rooted because Christ died to purchase all those promises. That's why Paul says all of God's promises are a amen in Christ or a yes in Christ which is there. Those who trust in him will never be put to shame. I'm going to tell you an example. This that promise was coming to me the last few days. The reason is like this. A month ago, well, it's been working, we've been planning it for a few months now. Uh, there's a church group in California, and we have a friend there with a couple. Inaanak namin sila sa kasal, I think, right? Are we their godparents? They're kind of older than us, but we're still godparents to them when they got married. So they're organized a mission trip to Milan. Milan, Italy. So, 
Milan. Now, this was three months ago. So just go back three months ago, right? Or four months ago. Actually, it's been planning. It's a, oh, no, I didn't want to go there. So we set up a Scandinavian cruise. And we pray and we pray, but somehow God led us to cancel that Scandinavian cruise. And then she called us, Rod and Beth, would you like to join this mission trip? And I'm going to ask you, Rod, to preach to a Filipino church and Italian church in Milan. Oh, that excites me. I said, okay, we'll go. All the airports were charged, right? The Airbnbs were set up. They organized everything for us. All we need to do is pay them. And then this COVID-19 broke loose. And then just a few days ago, I think last week, it was in Milan, right? Now we have a group chat. We have a group chat. So guess what? So as soon as the Milan news broke loose, people now these are well-meaning Christians sincere Christians these are well-meaning God loves and we love them but guess what they were saying oh I need to put oh I'm gonna cancel you know we have to be careful and I said okay this because I don't know them I only know a couple Right? I don't know the rest of the group. There's about 10 or 15. And all the, all the fear and the panic was setting in. You can sense it in the chat. And I said to Beth, I do understand that there are brothers and sisters who are not there yet and their faith is small. I do understand that. I don't judge them. Actually, I've been wanting to say this in the chat, but somehow God is preventing because I don't know them. If I'm close to you, like I'm close to you, I can say this in the chat. I can say that to you. Because I trust Jesus, set me free from the fear of 
fear of the bondage of fear. That's why even though we have fears, we should not be fearful. Because we have the promise of God. If God, since God did not spare his own son, but give him up for us all, he will certainly, definitely give you all things that you need. Even though he allows you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You may fear no evil, for he is with you. And when I'm going through fears, I do. I have a lot of fears. That's what's just reminding me. I have a lot of fears. I'm fear of heights. I have fear of heights. I didn't want to be on the plane. I have fear of water. So I didn't want to be on the cruise. I have fear of people. No, really. I, I was telling someone, you know what? This preaching is a gift from God because I am so scared to be in front of people. You know what? It's because God has nervous to be here. You know why? Because maybe because I haven't been here for a long time. But I was kind of nervous. I said, Lord, what will you tell me to talk about? Trust me. I will give you the word to say to my people. Because I want you to proclaim to them that I did not spare my son. But I gave it up for you all. I will certainly, God said, not he. I will certainly, he will certainly give you all things that you need. Thank you, brother. That's why I'm kind of shouting here. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Now, I'm going to say this. Uh, it's the one after that. Now, it says there, because I struggled with that verse before because God did not give me the heart to understand. And when God gave me the heart to understand, he gave me the heart to understand. He gives strong support to those whose heart is blameless. And I said, wait a minute. My heart is not blameless. Right? So then, therefore, if my heart is not blameless, 
God will not show me His strong support. Ah, hold it. If you understand the word blameless in the Bible, it's like this. If you trust Jesus, you are blameless. It's like this. Because when you commit a sin, you ask for forgiveness because Christ died on your behalf. Therefore, the blameless there does not mean your behavior is blameless. But make sure that you are blameless because you trust Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Does it make sense? So therefore, because I trust God through Jesus Christ, my heart is blameless. Not that my behavior is blameless, but because I trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. Therefore, God will always show me his strong support. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Be amazed. I'm amazed. That's why Paul says, breathless, what can I say about these things? It's unimaginable. It's unbelievable. It's staggeringly life-transforming. You got to believe God at his word. Something that is very displeasing to God is when you don't trust him. And God did already gave up his son. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know that song we were singing? Uh, I was trying to remember. It said something like uh, running after me. What was that line? It says goodness running after me. That's that passage. It's based on that passage. Actually, the literal translation of follow is goodness and mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. Because we keep running, and God in His mercy and grace, He keeps pursuing me with His goodness and mercy. He never lets up. He never gives up. Since God did not spare His own Son, but graciously gave Him up for us all, He will certainly, definitely sustain me with goodness and mercy, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows, bestows favor and honor. No good things does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And remember, the word uprightly is to those who trust in the name of God through Jesus Christ. Do you believe him? Then you are upright. Yes, yes, we all fail. Yes. But we look we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He sanctifies me. What's the next one? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Paul says, all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. 
all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him, through Jesus, that we utter our amen to God for his glory. It is such honoring to God when we trust in his great mercy and hope in his unfailing love. The opposite is also true. Those who are arrogant, those who are self-sufficient, God will oppose them and God will deprive them of wisdom. Because there is the deception proliferating among Christian churches. And it started, just not really, it started from the garden. The deception of self-sufficiency. Right? What do you think is self-sufficiency? We have been distorted into thinking that I am a self-sufficient person. That's a deception. Everyone, whether you're a Christian or not, you are dependent on God's mercy. God gives life. God gives breath. God gives everything to everyone. He is not served by human hands as if God needed anything. He does not need our riches. And yet he commands us to give for the proclamation of this gospel because he wants to see where my treasure is. He wants to see. God wants to see. For me to see God's glory as I give me the grace to give. As he gives me the grace to trust him, I will see God's glory and I will give him back the glory. But a lot of people are so self-sufficient. There's only one self-sufficient person in the whole of creation. Who do you think that is? That's right. My grace, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not. Because God created human beings to depend on God's mercy. Whether they believe it or not, whether they recognize it or not, God created everyone to depend on God's mercy. God gives life, God gives breath, God gives everything to everyone. So I'm dependent on God for my breath. I'm dependent on God for abilities to make money. I'm dependent on God for mercy in order for me to be able to love people. I'm dependent on God for wisdom in order for me to understand God and how to relate to people. That's why James said, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Ask God. He commands, ask God. And when you ask, don't doubt. Because God grants it liberally. But don't ask arrogantly. Ask humbly. See, all these promises... See, will, I think that's the last one there. So will God not give us all the help we need to know him, to trust him, to understand his ways and to see his glory? Will God not do that? That's a rhetorical question. You know the obvious answer. God will. Now, why will God do that? 
is merciful, what else? Going back to verse 32. Who said that? I didn't see you. Oh, thank you. Oh, so you're the woman sitting with that good-looking guy. Grow up, you. Will he not give us help to sustain us and have peace when we are going through trials and adverses? Will he not? Yes, he will. Because, since God did not spare his own son. Now, you notice I keep repeating it. It's intentional. Sometimes the word of God must be repeated in order for that word to be inculcated in the deepest part of our being. So whenever we're going through our doubts, which I go through, because I think life is hard, because sometimes I think all these hindrances that prevent me from understanding God's word are arrayed against me because of my sinful nature, God reminds me, Rod, Since I did not spare my own son, but graciously gave him up, will I withhold anything good from you? Remember always, God is for us. go through life feeling guilty and shame because of all the things I have done. Christ died to take away my sin, my shame, and my guilt. Yet, 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 I go through life sometimes going through these things and remembering the things. Satan tries to get me with the past. What does Romans 8.1 says? How many of you memorized Romans 8.1? Therefore, there is no more Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you are no longer condemned. So when I am going through, and every week I go through something hard, the Holy Spirit leads me in path of righteousness. Psalm 23. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Remember Psalm 23? But I must... Trust the Lord. Because I believe Him, I will ask Him. Because I believe that He is merciful and gracious, abounding in love. His grace upon me abounds. I will ask Him. And when I'm having a hard time asking Him, I will ask Him, Lord, help me to ask you. Help me to trust you. You know how many times I ask that during the day? Many times. Because many times throughout the day, my sinful nature gets the worst of me, and I run away from God. There's this, we are prone, prone to doubt. We are prone to run away from God. Thank 
God for all His promises. So if we are facing temptation of covetousness or financial difficulty, we should remember God's promises about money, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. If we are facing sexual temptation, men, we all go through this every day. We should call to mind God's promises to the pure in heart, Matthew 5, 8. If we are tempted with pride and boasting, oh my goodness, there it is. We should call to mind the promises made to the humble. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. If we are tempted to take revenge, to get even, we should remember the promises that God himself will settle account. The Lord said, it is mine to avenge. Not us. Romans 12, 19. If we are facing death all day long because of this coronavirus or whatever it is, because of all the things happening in the world, do not be dismayed. Do not fear. God is with us. God is not against us. Not only that God is with us, God is for us. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Psalm 25, verse 1 to 7. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you, O God, shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgression. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness. When we are asking God for help, we don't ask based on our track record. Never do that. That's arrogant. When we ask God, ask God according to his great mercy and his goodness and for the sake of his name. He will never turn you down. Sometimes the reason why God does not listen to our prayers is because we ask arrogantly. That's the deception of self-sufficiency. We have been created by God for his glory to depend on God's mercy. You can tell in the Psalms. This is David's psalm. The, the number one of all sinners, David Ask God. He invoked two things from God based on God's mercy and for the sake of His name. There's no self sufficient person. None. I don't know if you believe that or not, but that's the word of God. We have been created to depend on God for mercy. That's why in Psalm 23, in Psalm 25, all this, just understand that tone. It's breathtaking. It's staggering when we understand that the biblical writers were sinners like us, but they were invoking God's great mercy and God's great name. Let's pray. Father, according to your great mercy and for the sake of your great name. 
help us to believe in your promises. Since you did not spare your own son, but gave him up for us all, you will certainly grant us all things that we need to be conformed to the image of your son. You will not withhold any good things from your people. You will cause us to be in awe because that is your will for your people. Even though, even though we are running away from you, even though we fail in our faith and we are so weak in our faith, yet your goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives because of your great mercy and for the sake of your great name because your name will not be maligned. You will vindicate your people, those who trust you, O oh God. So, Lord, thank you for making us to be in awe of your promises. Help us, Lord. Help these people to live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen.